Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you. Thank you for this amazing family. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing and what you're about to do. Lord, I thank you for this supernatural series. I thank you for today, part two. Last week was amazing. I thank you for that it wasn't just a teaching, but or something that was just taught, but it was clearly caught. And I thank you for all the miracles and testimonies that have been rolling in this week as people have been activated in what they've been learning which is just amazing. So thank you, Jesus. On that note, Chili, do you want to jump up here with me, buddy? Glory to God. We thank you, Lord. Let's all stand to our feet for a minute. Let's just stretch out our hands just in front of us, just ready to receive. Let's pray this together. Let's pray, God, I receive everything that you have for me this morning. Let this be not just another meeting. I'm hungry for you. And I thank you that you fill those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. I will seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. And I thank you that you'll add everything to me that I need. Lord, help us be transformed. Let my mind be renewed today in new areas, fresh revelation, revelation that's going to be activated in my life. Thank you, I'm not just a hearer of your word. But I'm a doer of your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. All right, so you can grab your seats. But while you're doing that, why don't you just give three people high five, hug, handshake. Let them know they're amazing. And let them know they're in for a good morning. If they didn't know that already. Glory to God. Get them, Jesus. Okay, before we get into the Word, I want to share a couple of testimonies. Hey, wasn't that a a great uh, media clip of our mission trip, our Rescue Australia mission trip? trip. Let's give our team a round of applause. I think everyone's back, Pop's back, all the team's back. And we're going to show more highlights, more testimonies of that in the coming weeks. Uh, We just sent another missions team out into South America, into one of the most broken regions in that area and we prayed for them and released them last week. We just got word back from uh, a missionary couple that we heavily support in Mozambique that we have for a number of years. They're doing an amazing job. They are base directors for Heidi and Roland Baker. They're Aussies, Ash and Rosfield. And uh, here is a report uh, just recently. Now they're in the northern north part of Mozambique. Uh, commonly known as the Bush Bush area. 
they wanted to be there because it's one of the last unreached areas in Mozambique. And so they want to get right amongst it. Us crazy Aussies, they're like, don't worry about Pemba, just get me to where it's where there's no one hearing the gospel. And uh, so have a listen to this. Incredible victory this weekend. By the way, when they have a victory, you have a victory. And I want to thank you for your support. As a family, we're able to contribute heavily towards this couple and what they're doing there in Mozambique. So let's share in this victory story. You ready? Incredible victory this weekend. We were hit with crazy warfare the first night when we preached in the area we had been fighting five years to get into. Now, the reason they've been fighting is because it's a heavily or it's a staunch Islamic area and uh, it's heavy persecution if you even try to get into that area. And they've been fighting to try and get into this area. And so for five years, crowds, well, by the way, they got into the area. They got permission finally to get into the area. Crowds got rowdy, started chanting their religious war cry and running around us. They were yelling at Allah Akbar while they're trying to set up their gear, trying to scare them and run, run around them started chanting their religious war cry and running around us, throwing dirt at us. But we pressed on. Everyone say, but we pressed on. That was a great prophetic word this morning, Chelsea. But we press on. Amen. That's where we get the victory in the pressing on. Praying in the Spirit. And they calmed down. Isn't that cool? Remember last week we talked about praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and it changes the atmosphere. Supernatural breakthrough. So they begin to pray in the Spirit, praying tongues, and things begin to calm down. Now they had Brother Yun with, with them. Who knows Brother Yun? He's a wild old man. He's a political refugee from China. They won't let him back in China because he. Uh, one of the reasons it's in total revival at the moment was because he was there in the 80s, went to prison on so many, uh, so, uh, multiple times, and now he, there he is in the midst of, uh, with our friends there in the midst of... Uh, an unreached area in Mozambique. So Brother Yun and Pastor Suppressor preached, and during the film, they show the Jesus film everywhere they go, many people came to speak with our pastor and take his phone number wanting to know more. That's the local pastor in that area. So even though there was persecution, even though they were chanting Allah Akbar, people were coming along on the side up to the pastor and saying, we want to know more. What's your phone number? How can we connect? Isn't that awesome? This is a huge miracle. The next morning, they they camped in this area, even though it's a persecuted area. They camped with tents in this area. The next morning, people came from there to our house to receive Jesus. We saw many miracles, healings, blind eyes opened. Let me say that again. You're way too quiet considering what I just said. You ready? We saw many miracles, healings, blind eyes open. That's one way to catch the attention of a Muslim. Amen. And that's often what they'll do. They'll go into these areas, demonstrate through miracles, demonstrate through the supernatural, catches everyone's attention. And they show the Jesus film. They show the one that did it. Isa's not just a prophet. Isa is Jesus and he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Many salvations. The next night in a different part of town. 
And now we're going to go back again to the, and in brackets, capital letters, to the former unreached areas, no longer unreached. For the first time, our crazy Aussie team with Brother Yun went into this unreached area, now former unreached area, broke it open with the supernatural. We are so excited about what God is doing. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give Him some praise. Come on. You are worthy of all our praise, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Well, we are on part two of our Supernatural series. That's a nice little introduction for a Supernatural series. Uh, how many people this week stepped out, even if it was just in a small way, and had to go at praying for someone, or how to, even if, if you weren't successful, you didn't think you were successful, didn't seem to be successful, how many people stepped out and had to go at seeing the supernatural released in their life this week? Just give us a wave. Actually, why don't you amazing people stand up for a minute? We want to celebrate you. Even if you just had to go and it wasn't, you didn't think anything happened, but you had to go. Look at these heroes. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you so much. Praise God. So we've still got another week to go and I encourage everyone to be a part of it in some way this week. Now on Sunday morning, we saw many miracles, many healings take place. I felt prophetically as Chelsea was sharing that word about the, the prophetic word about the Red Sea opening, I felt like um, specifically for someone that had been battling with mental illness and depression. It could be for uh, a couple of people or multiple people, but I feel like God wants you to know that the, the miracle of the Red Sea opening is one thing, but you walking through and the process of being completely healed and having that long-term healing uh, is really important too. And while you're in the middle of the Red, the Red Sea is being open, while you're walking through the middle, there's still the temptation to think, to look at your circumstances, look behind you and go, this can't be happening. I've had this condition for years. And to go back or to give up and to, to fall prey to the enemy again, yeah? So I want to encourage you, the process is very important and we need family around one another. When I got delivered of demons, when I got delivered of uh, mental illness, I still remember the first 12 months in particular, I'd be sitting in small groups and I remember literal beads of sweat would be like dripping off my forehead because I couldn't handle being around people. And so I, even though I was delivered of demons, there was still that old pattern, that soul pattern and, and my mind was still being renewed. And so I had to choose to stand there and to just get used to this new environment, get used to this new scene, get used to this new person that I now was. And I remember it took around 12 months to kind of step through, fight through things uh, until I remember just thinking one day, man, I don't even need to fight anymore. I'm just a brand new person. So the process of walking through the Red Sea is important as well. Amen. So everyone say hello to Chile. Honestly, there's at least a hundred miracles, that, testimonies that I know about from last week, at least. And here's one of my favorites, because Chile was diagnosed with emphysema before last Sunday. And from my understanding, emphysemia 
is dead tissue that can't be replaced and it only goes downhill, supposedly. That's what the doctors say. And I think that's true without Jesus. But with Jesus, it's a whole different story because in John 10, 10, it says that Jesus comes to bring life and life more abundantly. And so on Sunday, Chile got some prayer, went to the doctor after Sunday, and the doctor has now given him and verified a new report that there is now no longer and there is no sign of emphysema. Is that right, bro? 100% right. 100%? 100%. How do you feel? Like a miracle. Has it like dawned on you like? It has, but at the same time, it doesn't seem real. That is like, it's just, it's beautiful. Let's give Chili a round of applause, man. I'm so happy for you, bro. Glory to God. Now, don't forget, check out our all the testimonies. That I know there's, there's literally a hundred, at least a hundred that I know of, of healings and many, all of them are great stories. Please keep sending them in to our email, testimonies at firechurch.com.au. And don't forget, if you're posting on social media to hashtag Supernatural Series, and I'd encourage all of you, especially those that are still wanting to step out, hit that hashtag and just scroll through everything that's happened so far. You'll see dudes that once had crutches that didn't have crutches. I mean, some of our guys have been going hammer and tong this week, praying for the sick. There's so many different testimonies. So once again, let's give one another a round of applause and let's thank Jesus. I want to take us to Proverbs 23.7. Proverbs 23.7. It reads, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. For now, I'm going to write dot, 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 dot. I just want to point that particular part out of this proverb. I'm going to read it one more time. For as he thinks, or as a man or as a woman thinks in his heart, so he is. One of the reasons that we are focusing on the supernatural this week is prophetically, I felt to, but also because I want to strengthen us as a community and as a family in this area. I want to see all of us as a community grab a hold of the supernatural, understand the power that abides in us, understand the anointing that abides, understand it's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that lives in us, that abides in us. Amen? But if we're not thinking about it, if we're not focusing on it actively, even in a sense of being disciplined in that, then, you know, we're not going to see that manifest. We're not going to see the river flow out of us the way we should. I believe the more we focus on it, the more we think about it, the more that river flows with more fervency, with the current stronger, and it touches more people and spreads out even further. Amen? So, Individually, I'd encourage you to do this. 
but also collectively as a body, as a family, it is one of our core values. If you look at our website, we've got a list of core values. And as I mentioned last week, core values are very important. We have a number of core values. But for me, a core value means it's a value that I never want to bend from. It's like a pillar truth that holds this thing together. The foundation is Jesus. He's the chief cornerstone, the Word of God. And we have these pillar truths, of course, that are based, that are formed from the Word of God. And one of them, as a family, as a community, is that we are a supernatural people. We're not a natural church. We're naturally supernatural. Amen? The Bible says that the carnal mind, or in other words, humanistic thinking, is enmity towards God. How many people know what enmity means? Put it, give us a, it's a strong word. It literally means strong hate. The carnal mind is strong hate towards the things of God. And even as Christians, I believe we can fall into the trap of being carnally minded people if we don't choose to put on the mind of Christ and to discipline our mind to think on things that are holy, that are pure, that are just. Philippians 4 talks about this supernatural experience that we can have, this position of peace, this position of freedom in our life, ongoing freedom, if we'll choose to think upon and to pray about and to meditate on things that are pure, that are holy, that are just. Just to name a few. It says that the peace of God, the peace that passes understanding, in other words, it's so powerful that I, I shouldn't even try to articulate and I would struggle to articulate how wonderful and how powerful it is. The peace that passes understanding. Why? Because the carnal mind can't get it. It's so phenomenal. The world tries to imitate this peace. The enemy tries to give us this false peace, false comfort. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And you know, when you got born again, you get that peace as a part of your inheritance. It's actually not only around you and not only in these meetings when we're all worshipping, but it's in you, it lives in you, it abides in you. But once again, it can be dormant if you don't think right. Because as a man thinks... So He is. Amen? So we need to discipline the mind. We need to train the mind. We need to train the brain. We need to rewire the mind sometimes to think as Jesus thinks and not think the way we used to think. Amen? So now I want to take us to Romans 12.2 and I'm starting here today because I want to tell you why we're doing this series and why we're focusing on this. Scripture's important. Teaching's important. Because it's the Word of God that renews our mind. It's being in His presence that renews the mind. There's a number of things that helps renew the mind, but I think nothing more important or powerful than the Word of God itself and teaching. And that's why Jesus said, and that's why it says in the Bible, not to neglect the fellowship of the saints. Because we get together on a weekly basis. We get together in our small groups, we get together over lunch and we talk about the Scriptures, we talk about Jesus because we're continuing this process of being transformed in our life. 
we're continuing this process of having our minds renewed so that we can live out and look more like Jesus. Amen? And we need one another for that. You guys okay? Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We talked about that last week, the perfect will of God, the acceptable will of God. We pointed to Jesus. And by the way, if you weren't here last week, we've now uploaded the full message on YouTube. So you'll be able to check out part one last week and no doubt we'll put up part two again so you can continue to go over it, meditate on the Word of God, get your mind renewed in this area so that you become naturally supernatural, amen, and live like Jesus. Does that sound all right? So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. It was not the good and acceptable, perfect will of God for Chile to have emphysema. Now, some may argue with that. Even some well-meaning Christians may argue with that and say, well, no, God just gave him that. He's allowing that to happen because he wants to teach Chile a lesson. Some may say, well, it's just something that he has to walk through. But I want to tell you that consistently right throughout the Scripture, we see that Jesus was always healing the sick. And once again, to reiterate and to uh, just reaffirm that it's always the will of God to see the sick healed, okay? If you believe otherwise, then so you are. As a man thinks, so he is. If you believe it's the will of God for sometimes to see the sick healed, well, then you'll probably see it sometimes. Because as a man thinks, so he is. But if you believe in the way that Jesus believed, and if you believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then the results that Jesus saw potentially will be the results that you'll see. Because as a man thinks, so he is. Who's with me this morning? If it's a little bit quiet this morning. I might need a little help. If, I, if you think it's true, just give us a big cheer this morning. Let's celebrate truth. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, that word transformed, sometimes we quote that, and it is something that we commonly quote because it's a powerful scripture. But sometimes we think, oh yeah, if I just renew my mind, I'll get a little bit better in this particular area or I'll get a little bit better in this area if I learn a little bit more. But I want to unpack this word transformed. And there's a, the, the original coining in Greek word or the old Greek language, it's metamorpho. MET, for those making notes, you can study it in your own time. It's, and if you've got a Strong's Concordance, capital G3326. Metamorpho. That's the Greek word. Are you guys kind of starting to get where I'm going with this? What does, there's an English word that, that sounds very similar to that, right? Metamorphos. That's where we get the word from. It's the Greek language of metamorpho. Now, what does metamorphos mean? 
I want to just read a couple of answers to that. We're going to go, the first one it says, of an insect or amphibian to undergo a metamorphosis, especially into the adult form. For example, feed the larvae to your fish before they metamorphose into adults. Or for example, a butterfly in a cocoon. When it goes through a metamorphosis process, it literally transforms into something powerful and completely different. I'll give you another definition. In another dictionary, it says, A, to change into a different physical form especially by supernatural means. I'll read that again. To change into a different physical form, especially by supernatural means. Another definition in the dictionary. To change strikingly the appearance or character of. That's what we can expect when our mind gets renewed. That's what you can expect when you come to church on Sunday and you begin to read the Word of God in your personal life and begin to believe what you're reading. Your mind is, you're not just reading a history book. You're not just reading some thing to make you happy. It's a supernatural thing that's causing your mind to be renewed, which is going to bring a metamorphosis where you'll literally be changed into something else, supernaturally changed into something brand new. You'll go to a place where you've never been before, where you've been in a season of being in a cocoon and kind of learning all of a sudden as your mind gets renewed, you get transformed into a butterfly, into something brand new and you begin to fly into this new season in your life. That's what happens when we read the Word of God, when we apply the Word of God, when we're active in the Word, in our life. Stand up for a minute. Man, that's good preaching. I, I, I don't know about you, but I like that. I'm, I'm starting to get like blasted and whacked up here just thinking about it. Man, God help us never to go through the motions, never to take for granted the, or be familiar with the Word of God, that it is supernatural, that there can be a, process, a metamorphous process, a supernatural process as we begin to believe your Word and read your Word and allow our minds to be renewed. In Jesus' name, put your hand on your mind this morning. God. Jesus. I want to encourage you, just begin to pray in the Spirit as your hands and your mind. Reba, Jesus, transformation, metamorphosis, supernatural, that will be changed, that will go from glory to glory. Jesus, 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 Jesus.
Jesus. Jesus. All right, grab your seats again. It's not just positive thinking. It's not Tony Robbins telling you things that you want to hear to make you feel better. All of that stuff's not evil in, in, in itself, but this is deeper. This is supernatural. I mean, I can tell you certain principles, even if you're a non-Christian, that'll help you be a little bit happier in your day-to-day life but that's not going to cause a metamorphosis in your life. That's not going to cause a supernatural spiritual change. You know, we're a spirit people. Yes, we have a body. Yes, we have a soul. But we're a people of the Spirit. We're not led of the flesh, but by the Spirit. We're sons and daughters of God. And if you're not a Christian in this place, then I'm so glad you're here today because you're going to meet this God that will cause a metamorphosis in your life. You don't need to put band-aids on your life anymore. He's literally going to give you a heart transplant and make you a brand new person. And we're going to give you opportunity in just a moment, just a little while, to have this supernatural transformation in your life. For those that don't know Jesus, there's some here today. I can feel it and I can even see it. I feel like I'm visualizing it right now. There's going to be a number of people that give their life to Jesus today. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise for that. So now I want to take us to Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. And we're continue on, continuing on from last week. There was one, if you remember last week, there was one point in the sermon where it talked about how I said, even Jesus had to fight the good fight of faith. Jesus is fully God, and yet when He was uh, on the earth, He was also fully man, okay? And so He had to fight the good fight of faith. We see Him at one point being led into the wilderness, fasting, praying. There were times where He had to get away from the multitudes because He had to get up onto the, into the mountain to spend time with the Father to pray. We see in particular, and I pointed out this case last week, there was a time where He prayed for a blind man. How many people remember Him praying for a blind man? He prayed for many blind men, but this particular one, He asked the blind man, He said, what do you see? So He prayed and then said, is there a difference? He said, what do you see? And the blind man said, I see men like trees. In other words, my vision is blurry. So He hadn't received the full healing, although Jesus prayed that He would receive the full healing. And this is Jesus, the perfect minister. We see He had to fight the good fight of faith. How did He fight? Well, He said, well, I'm not going to give up here. I'm not going to be content with just saying, oh, at least it's a little bit better before. I'm going to pray again. And I believe He allowed that to be in Scripture for us to see, to encourage us that we're not to give up. We're not to change our mind on the goodness of God. We're not to change our mind 
when it comes to the willingness of God to heal or begin to form some new doctrine or change what is consistent all the way throughout the New Testament. That is Jesus heals all the time. But we're to pray again, we're to fight the good fight of faith to see the complete breakthrough. And so Jesus prayed again. And guess what happened? He saw the complete breakthrough. For some of us, it might be five times. For some of us, it might be 17 times. For some of us, it might be a hundred times. But we keep striking the ground until we see that breakthrough. We don't give up. We don't change our mind. We turn our minds towards the truth of the Word of God. We renew our mind. If we're not seeing breakthrough, rather than blame God, think, okay, how can my mind be more renewed? What can I do to have more of a metamorphosis in my life? How can I become more transformed into the image of Christ? What can I do to continue on this adventure, continue on this journey of looking like Jesus? Are you with me? So, let's keep going. Matthew 17, 14. I want to bring another point out in the Word of God to help us understand this, to help us on this supernatural journey. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. And Jesus answered, O faithless, perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. I want to go after something here for a moment before I move on to my main point in this passage. Notice the man with the sixth son. He says, I brought my disciples to your, sorry, I brought my son to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Notice Jesus didn't correct him there and say, well, that's because it's not them that does it. It's the father that does it. Did you know that Jesus told the disciples to heal the sick? Now, it is God that does it. It is Jesus that does it. But it's Jesus in you. Did you know there's an onus on you to heal the sick? Because you have something in you called an anointing. You have the Holy Spirit. You have miracle working power in you. This, is, this may be this, a really slight rewiring of your mind right now but when I made this rewiring in my mind around 14 years ago the st statistically I think I think it was like 70 I saw 70% more people healed when I had this rewiring just with this small revelation are you with me what is that revelation it is that I don't need to beg God to hit the healing switch in the third heaven and hope that if I say the right words and hope that if I've been good that week, that it'll hit the healing switch and that person will be healed. I realize that God has already provided the provision for healing. 
His Son has already gone to the cross. His Son has already taken the stripes on His back 2,000 plus years ago. And that's why it says in Isaiah 53, 5, that by His stripes we are healed. We're not asking God in the third heaven to hit the healing switch anymore. He said, I did more than hit the healing switch. I provided my son as the provision for your healing. I'm glad there's five people that believe me this morning. Well, if you check it out in the Word, you'll have a metamorphosis just like I did. What I'm saying is true. Peter understood it in the New Testament. He said, by His stripes, you were healed. He understood that it's already happened. He's not asking for it to happen again. He's not asking God to provide the provision again. Not only did He provide the provision through Jesus, but then when Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, He said, and now I give you a comforter. And now I give you the Holy Spirit. Don't fear, little one. I'm going to the right hand of the Father. You'll see me again, but now I'm going to provide my Spirit and it's going to be way better for you because at the moment in my current form, in my earthly, fleshly form, I can do a lot, but I can only do so much. But now I'm going to provide my Spirit and my Spirit is going to enter each and every one of you. And as a result, you'll see even greater things. That was about seven people that time. That was awesome. See, we've gone from five to seven. That's how it happens. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So He provided the provision. And then He gave us the Holy Spirit. And by faith, you received that Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 talks about that and unpacks what that Spirit looks like. It says, you shall receive power, a miracle working power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you so that you'll be witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the outermost parts of the earth. In other words, you'll go through a metamorphosis, you'll go through a transformation where you were a natural people loving me, but I'll give you something that will cause you to be, to go to a whole new level like a like a butterfly for a lack of better description from a cocoon waiting for something, waiting for the promise. And now I'll give you wings and you go into all the world and you'll demonstrate me. My miracles don't stop. The supernatural doesn't stop when I go to the Father. In fact, it increases. And if you'll believe, it'll increase in your life as well. The kids believe it more. Did you hear that? Amen. Come on, Jesus. I know you guys believe it. I know you do. I know you do. Jesus, we thank you, God. So did you get that point that I was trying to make? Sometimes I get excited and I just get off track a little bit. But the point is we're not asking God to hit the switch. He's hit it. And now you're the switch. If you'll believe, you turn it on and it flows. And doubt not. If you have a mustard faith like a mustard seed, you'll move a mountain. Amen. 
So yes, it's God doing it, but you need to understand He's already given the provision. You already have everything that you need. Like you said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. In other words, what I've already given you is sufficient to see anything happen right now. And we just got to believe it. That's all we got to do. So the struggle of faith, let's continue on now. Back to our scripture, Matthew 17, 16. By the way, um, the struggle of faith is real, yeah? The struggle's real. Even John the Baptist, the greatest prophet, last week we, we showed his example of the struggle of faith. If anyone knew who Jesus was, it was John the Baptist, yeah? But we see that account when he was in prison, all of a sudden he's looking at his circumstances, he's under pressure, and now he doubts the truth of who Jesus is. That happens. It's a, a part of this supernatural transformation and, and rewiring up here, this renewing of the mind is learning how to deal with pressure, learning how to deal with different circumstances that come our way, learning how not to turn back when you start looking at the walls, even that God's done a miracle and you're walking through the Red Sea, you're walking through the fire, you're walking through the water or you're in the, in the fire with the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and you're like, is this for real? Is this, am I really a supernatural person? Just stay in it. Walk through it and He'll show Himself faithful. Amen. Don't back down. Don't give up. Just keep going. If you keep going, if you don't give up, you win. You should say that one to the person next to you. Just say, if you don't give up, you win. Back to Matthew. This, everyone say, the struggle of faith. Verse 15, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Sometimes I wonder how Jesus said that. Pastor Jesus. There was a, I think it's one of the, you know, the, the movies where they go through Matthew and go through the book of Acts. And they portray it as like Jesus grabbed a hold of one of the disciples and put his head on his head and he said, faithless and perverse generation. Hell, I kind of like that, Jesus. I know some people reckon it was just a faithless. And, but however it was, it's the truth, yeah? And it's the truth that sets us free. Jesus wasn't afraid to bring truth, to bring correction, um, we, you know, political correctness, look, look where that's got us in the world. You know, like we need truth, yeah? Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came out to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Now, this is the challenge of faith, the struggle of faith. And this is really what I wanted to point out more than anything in this verse 20. 
Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, everyone say unbelief. What's the opposite of faith? Unbelief. Because of your unbelief. Now, I think of it like this too. Jesus said you need a mustard seed of faith to move a mountain. But if you have a mustard seed of doubt, it eliminates faith. You don't have any faith. So part of the struggle is eliminating doubt. A part of the struggle is getting in His Word and when the fiery dart comes of doubt, of unbelief, learning to extinguish that with the fiery dart like it talks about in Ephesians. Taking up the shield of faith, extinguishing the fiery darts. In other words, extinguishing it, putting it out before it takes root, before you start believing, before you start living out. Because as a man thinks, so he is. So because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Everyone say nothing will be impossible for you. Once again, we see Jesus not just wanting to be the man, but Jesus wanting to get what he had and put it in the 12 and put it in the 70 and then go and teach them to do the same thing. Yeah? So we see this discipleship process. And he goes on to say this, and this is what I want you to note today to help us in this supernatural series. By the way, we're going to be focusing on casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead. But the The amazing thing is that these principles and the supernatural principles apply to every area of your life. Business, family, marriage, children, all of these principles apply to the same. Every aspect of Christianity is supernatural. If you're looking for breakthrough in any area of your life, we're going to focus on one area today, but you can apply those same principles to every area. Amen? Hey, give someone a nudge and say, that's a good word. Glory to God. Verse 21, however, this kind goes, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I believe that this particular sickness or demon was not some special super demon. And even if it was, Uh, it still comes out with the same amount of faith, just a mustard seed. So what do we need to do? Get rid of the unbelief. How do we get rid of unbelief? If you're in a season where you're really struggling with unbelief and, and you're not extinguishing those fiery darts like you once did, then you need to think about what should I do to strengthen myself in that area? There's an area in your life where you're weak, where you're like, man, I'm not thinking the way I should. I can, I know it. Get onto it quick before you, before it starts to become you, by the way. Begin to pray and fast more than you ever, do it as a lifestyle. For me personally, I do intermittent fasting as a lifestyle, but then there'll be sometimes seasons, and we did it early this year where we do 21 days or we'll do extended fasting as well. But I'd encourage you to do it as a lifestyle so that you're not having to come into this situation and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't have the answer. Yeah? 
as a lifestyle, we're praying regularly, we're fasting regularly, we're renewing our mind regularly. We're not content with just a Sunday morning service, clap for an hour and cheer someone else on, someone else's testimony on, but we want to be the ones that are being a part of it, yeah? We want to see the breakthrough in our life. So this kind goes out by prayer and fasting. And for time's sake, I'm going to leave it there and ask you to stand to your feet. The struggle of faith. Band, if you're available to come back up. So this is not a condemning um, message by any means. It is a challenging message. And if we're going to see the supernatural manifesting in our life, first of all, we need to believe and just have that as a foundation that it's, you know, His willingness, His God is good. He's willing to heal. He wants to heal all the time. He loves you. Jesus brings life and life more abundantly. But then we need to understand the reality of the fight of faith, the good fight of faith. And, you know, the good thing is that we've been given a spirit of self-discipline or self-control. That was a revelation that I had, to be honest, a couple of years ago. I can't believe I missed, I didn't know it earlier, but I always quoted that scripture. We haven't been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and sound mind. And I always quoted that translation, sound mind, and that's a correct translation. But all of a sudden, one day I, I read it, and I, I looked at sound mind in the original language, and then I looked at a couple of other translations, and I realized... It's probably even more accurately translated as we have not been given a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and self-control or self-discipline. And when I, all of a sudden, it's just once again, that little, little rewiring in the brain, I realized, hang on, that's who I am. I am self-disciplined. In the same way I have this power to see the sick healed, as a born-again Christian, I actually, that's, that's my nature, that's a part of my divine nature is that I'm self-disciplined. So if I need to come into a season of more prayer and fasting, I don't even need to strive. I just need to believe in who I am, that I'm a disciplined person. It was around that time I also lost 20 kilos through eating correctly and exercising when I got a hold of that revelation. And so I want to encourage you that we have a spirit of self-discipline and self-control. And if we'll apply that to the principles that we need in our life to see a metamorphosis take place, to see our minds renewed, to see our lives changed, or to see our lives growing in a particular area that we need to, we are a disciplined people. We are self-controlled because you're born again and you're a partaker of His divine nature. Amen. Let's give Jesus some praise for that. Now, I know there's people in here, this Jesus that I've been talking about, you know, you've heard of Him, and of course we have Christmas, you know, our whole, our whole time, like BC, before Christ, our holiday structure, you know, holiday, holy day, everything about what we do in our society has been built on Christian principles. So there's 
I have no doubt that you've heard about Jesus, but what I'm presenting to you today is that you can know Him as your personal Lord and Saviour. He's real. There's no one on the earth that if they kind of did even just a little bit of research that would argue that He's not real. Some argue in terms of His identity, but I want to tell you today, He is God. God came in the form of man to die on the cross so that you could be justified. It was you that was deserving of death, the Bible says. That we were dead in our transgressions or dead in our sins. The wages of sin is death, but it goes on to say in Romans, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So you see there's a, an emphasis on everlasting life. This world, man, is falling apart. This world is breaking. And it's, it's not perfect, but it's not God's fault. It's because of our sin, because of our choices. But one day there will be a new heaven. One day there will be a new earth. And when you cross, when you die, when your spirit exit, exits your body upon death, it's going to go somewhere. But if you're not born again, it can't go to heaven because heaven's perfect. There is an... <laughs> There's an extreme vetting process in heaven and you need the visa to get into heaven and it's extreme and it's vetting and Jesus said it's an exclusive place and he said you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God but he provides free visas for those that will receive amen and so he wants you in heaven with him forever but also he wants to get heaven in you now he wants you to experience heaven on earth now. He wants to heal your body like we talked about. He wants to give you this peace like we talked about. And all you need to do is say yes to Him and turn from the old way of living. Turn from darkness and say, God, forgive me. Help me forgive others. Forgive me. I'm coming out of sin. I'm coming out of garbage. I'm coming out of darkness. I'm coming out of pain. I'm coming out of the old world, Lord. Let there be a metamorphosis. It's like the matrix. I'm taking the red pill and I'm going to a whole new place. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy in this life, but I tell you, like what we talked about, you may go through valleys, you, may, you will go through hard times, but this time He's going to be with you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to help you get through it. And He's going to teach you to become strong through it. So on that note, I'm going to present the visa of heaven to you. It's a free, it's a free ticket eternal life in this life and the one to come. If you don't know Jesus, you know you haven't been, you might know about Him, but you don't know Him. He's not your personal Saviour. Then just give us, be brave today. Give us a little wave. I want to know if that's you. Give us a wave. God bless you, man. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Praise God. Any, uh, hands in the back. God bless you. Come on. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.